Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. This is Anthony the Bull Caruso and we are back for part two of our preview of the 2020-21 English Premier League. We're going to be finishing our predictions and giving our respective ladders with a view to see how bad we are at being tippers. Once again, I'm joined by Triple H's chief football correspondent, the spicy chorizo himself, Dom Rizzuto. Good evening to you. Good evening, Caruso. Pleasure to be here to talk uh, the second part of this season that is very, very close to approaching. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how fast it's come back around, which we're obviously all delighted for, but it means that I haven't had a moment to even pause and breathe. <laughs> well, absolutely, and there's so much news floating around, and some of it we're going to be getting to, because we talking before we started this, um, that's going to be quite fascinating to see. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you loved him so much from the previous show, we had to bring him back for uh, to join us again. Um, one of the, um, the, head, the head junior coaches down at Manly United and part of TotalFootballAnalysis.com, go check out his websites, go check out his analysis, Gonzalo Nayo, good evening to you. How are you, Anthony? Thank you for inviting me again. I'm glad to be here joining you, your team. And heavyweights coming for, for this for this part of the season. So, Oh, absolutely. We'll be heavyweights. And uh, let's just hope, Dom, for Gonzalo's sake, that he doesn't suffer second-year syndrome. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be, it, would be a, it would be quite a quick second-year syndrome, that's for sure. Indeed. <laughs> a second-week well, syndrome, we'd have to call it. <laughs> So we are going to, as, as I mentioned, we are going to be going through the second half of the teams in alphabetical order. Once we get to the end of it, we'll give you the uh, the final predictions. Uh, these will be logged and posted on our Facebook pages. We'll see how we go. If you want to throw your predictions as well, you're welcome to join us as well, uh, to post your predictions as well. Without that, without further ado, let's get straight into it. This is Splinters. And we're going to kick things off here straight away with the reigning champions in Liverpool. Of course, Jorgen Klopp will be on again. Um, now, Gonzalo, going to be coming to you first off. I mean, what a season they had. Finished on 99 points last year. One of the Magic 100. And uh, not a lot of significant change in their main lineup. A lot of peripheral players moved on. And no real significant signing, which means that Klopp is showing a lot of faith in his established stars. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They were, um, without doubt, the best team last season. They just lost three games in the whole Premier League. And we saw really good things from that team. Uh, I, I think Klopp ended up adapting to the Premier League because at the start, we, see, we, see, we still saw that uh, heavy metal football. But now we can see that he has adapted to the Premier League. Sometimes he press, sometimes he waits back. But what I love most about this team is the, the offensive uh, phase. They use three, always the three forwards, and the both fullbacks stay there all the time. We see 12 assists from Arnold, Trent Arnold, and seven from Robertson. I think I haven't seen any team that has 19 assists from their fullbacks. That is, is a, an amazing tally. And Dom, the 
the two players, the two significant players, if you can call them significant, they would probably get a start in any other club. But because it's this Liverpool team, they're not going to get a look in. Of course, Adam Lalana on a free transfer to Brighton, and Dayan Lovren is off to Zenit St Petersburg for ten point nine million pounds. So on Lovren, they've at least made some of the money back that they spent when they bought him from Southampton all those years ago. Um, Lalana, I feel desperately unlucky. Phil is desperately unlucky given the injuries he's had. Yeah, fortunately he just missed the boat, didn't he? Um, in, with this Liverpool team, I, 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 he was actually a, a, one of one of, a favourite of Klopp's. Like Klopp wanted wanted to utilise him and utilised him when he could, but he just couldn't stay fit in the last two seasons and keep you know um, himself readily available for selection, which obviously is it was quite disheartening for as I've mentioned last week, England's I think most sort of gifted number 10 that they've probably received in the last uh, 10 years. Um, obviously, they've got a few coming through now, but before that, there was there was nobody, really. Um, this Liverpool side, though, you mentioned Dejan Lovren. It's, it, it, look, a, a solid centre-back, but it's, it's their one flaw. From this side being the best team in the world on paper, their one flaw is they need someone to partner Virgil van Dijk at the back. Joe Gomez, I think, has that ability to be that player in the future, um, but he's still got some growing to do and also needs to stay, uh, you know, fit and on the field. Um, they've obviously brought in, uh, you know, some some defensive um, additions this year. They brought in Kostas Tsimikas from Olympiakos. There's big raps on him. Um from uh, sorry, coming out of Greece and a very attacking um, fullback. He'll give Andy Robertson plenty of competition. So that's something that I'm sure that I think Klopp's really wanting to turn this side into. He's trying to do what City have done over the last couple of years where they pretty much bring on their A team and then they bring on their A minus team, you know, not their Z team. They bring on the pretty much an identical swap, almost like an ice hockey team. They just do like a like for like swap. Um, but there is that one niggling miss to this team, and it is that second centre-back to, to match Virgil van Dijk to partner him. Whether they look to strengthen that in the window, I'm not too sure. Um, obviously, they've got eyes on Thiago Alicantra um, from Bayern Munich, who wants to try something new. Um, they've got such strength and some really good young players coming through the ranks that I'm sure that um, there won't be too much action from uh, a Liverpool point of view this year uh, heading into 2020 and 2021 season, um, which is obviously one of the you know the exciting things about football is uh, who your team's going to bring in uh, over the season. But when your team's so good, you don't really get to play <laughs> play in the transfer market all that much. So I've gone with first. I've gone that Liverpool going back to back. Dom. Um. <sighs> It really had is a City, between, yeah. Had City not had their European ban overturned uh, recently and they were just playing in the Premier League, I couldn't see another side winning it purely because they just wouldn't have any – they would just constantly be well-rested. Um, I don't think they're going to win it this year. I think they're going to come second. And – Gonzalo, you obviously picked Chelsea last year to win the Premiership. Where do you see Liverpool finishing up? Yeah, that's one thing. The why I picked this 
team why I pick Chelsea is because I think it's difficult for teams nowadays to to maintain. It's easy to get there, but to maintain is difficult. So that's why I think uh, Jurgen Klopp's team will finish second behind my <laughs> my huge bet on on the Chelsea. <laughs> Well, let's go to the next team. It's um, We're going to go to the next team. It is Manchester City. And look, the first thing that comes to mind for Manchester City is they've gone back heavy into the market. Their European ban got overturned. So now they've gone, um, they've now gone hard at the market again. Um, they've picked up Ferran Torres from Valencia and Nathan Ake um, to splash out um, what effectively was £62 million. Most of it paid for by the sale of Leroy Sane to Bayern Munich and then Felix Correa to Juventus for £9.5 million. But the one thing I noticed from this, I've noticed from this team particularly, is the lack of leadership. And I think people have really understated how much they miss Vincent Company. They haven't bought a defender still. Why have they not bought a defender yet? Well, Nathan, well, that should have you, been the first signing of the summer. Ferran Torres is a like-for-like replacement for Leroy Sane. He's got big wraps on him out of Spain. I expect him to be really, really good. Um, and again, they bought in obviously Nathan Ake, but like he, they bought in. I mean, yes, they bought in Nathan Ake, but the man just was a part of a relegated Premier League team. He was also part of the problem at Bournemouth last year. They bought him in. I don't know if he's a premiership winning defender. I don't think so. I'm 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 astounded that they haven't gone. You know, there's all this talk about them spending absurd amount of money to bring Lionel Messi across, which is a great, obviously, uh, acquisition if they get it. But my first th- my first decision when I mean, you look at Chelsea when I got Thiago Silva, a real leader on a free transfer, and the one thing they needed which was a centre back. They went and did it. City still haven't done it. Pep Guardiola is refusing to get a centre back. He refusing. He's just going to constantly rely on Fernandinho to do all the defence, <laughs> defensive work for his side. It's just not going to work. My first acquisition, my first number one target, if I was the the bosses at City, bring in Koulibaly for Napoli straight away. Bring in a top centre back because they. They missed it last year, especially when Laporte went down injured. They got absolutely crucified at the back. All teams needed to do was just sit off and push and, and press, and they could pick them on the counter-attack. For God's sake, Norwich beat them, for God's sake, and they were awful because they didn't have a good centre-back. Nicholas Ontomendi is awful. He shouldn't be playing in the Premier in for a team like Manchester City. I just I just don't understand why they didn't bring in a, in a They haven't bought one in yet of, of real quality. Gonzalo... Talk to me on this because Dom's absolutely right in this. They are really lacking some some def- some strength in defence. Is Guardiola missing a trick on this, or is uh, is he trying to play to a specific style, hoping that his um, his tiki taka style is going to continue with Manchester City, that he doesn't need a centre back? No, I totally agree on this part with with Dom. I think they still lead in, in several offensive uh, metrics. For example, they they score. 102 goals, 17 more than Liverpool, but they they concede 15 more than Liverpool. So defensively, they are really fragile. Since company left, the team hasn't find a pair for Laporte. Also, Laporte missed most of the games, and I think Fernandinho is getting off and was really outpaced by by several teams. So yeah, the lack of defense is 
is a major is a major problem for this team that it can only it can't be outplayed by by his offensive style. So he still needs to to work on that. The tiki taka won't help here. Where where are you going with this team, Gonzalo? Because I I smell I get the feeling that there's gonna is this the year that the bubble bursts for Manchester City? Yeah, and the other the other major problem that they have is that they are desperate for a Champions League. They even if they win the Premier League and they don't win the Champions League, I think it will be a failure. So they will have a huge pressure on that. So I would put this team third. Third, Dom. If they don't sign a centre back. I've got him in fourth. They sign a centre-back. I've got him in first. So they haven't signed a centre-back yet, so I can't put him first. So I'm going to have to go with fourth. This is That's a big call there as well. I'm going with second place only because I don't think the team's behind him. Well, did I pick Chelsea? Quite... I can't remember. Let me just go back and see who I picked. Chelsea, Chelsea you've put third. Okay, well, then, yeah, City is fourth. Yeah. Um, I've gone with second place only because I don't think the teams behind him are quite caught up to them yet in terms of the ability to score goals. But... I'm with you, Dom. If they don't get a centre defence after this year, they are going to be in all sorts of trouble and I could see them dropping as low as battling to retain their position in the Champions League next, the following season after that. So it is, I think this is going to be telling times for Guardiola and I don't even think the rumours around Lionel Messi going to Manchester City is going to help that either. Not at all. Let's go, to, let's go to the other side of Manchester, the red side of Manchester. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, many people predicted, was probably going to be the first manager to be sacked. And who would have thought the masterstroke last year, Dom, in signing Bruno Fernandes would result in Manchester United finishing a, what many would have to say was a very solid third place. Yeah, they, they turned it around. Uh, another team that probably benefited a little bit from the COVID um, suspension. Um, but came back quite strong. Obviously, Bruno Fernandes uh, was instrumental in that return to form. Finally bought a player who wanted to play for United, didn't want to play for the money. They bought, they, 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 obviously, they went, okay, no, this is a man who wants to play and win for titles and play in the Champions League consistent, consistently. Um, you only have to look as far. I mean, I think what epitomised what's wrong with, what's been wrong with Manchester United ever since Alex Ferguson left was the signing of Alexis Sanchez. Um Pretty much a massive, just an absolute mercenary, which they which they fell for. Um, Manchester City were absolutely hounded uh, Arsenal trying to pick up Alexis Sanchez when he was in that absolute purple patch at Arsenal all those years ago. And then United came in the last minute and went, here's an absurd amount of money on a pl- on your personal wage that no club will match. He took it. That's a sign, and even though he could have gone to City on less money and probably have three Premier League titles next to his name, he didn't. He went to United for the money and then obviously wasn't as good as he thought he was uh, when he had to play alongside some stronger players and had to be, you know, a, a team player. They got the, you know, they eventually got rid of him and they went downwards. Fast track to now, they bought him for Bruno Fernandes. Huge signing, made a world of difference to the team. And they're now starting to build players around him to give him support. I've got big wraps on United for this year, if, but they still need, like their rivals across the city, across town, need a centre-back. They need a centre-back. <laughs> Sign a centre-back, please. I know they're, I know they're a, a, 
uh, a rare commodity in the new era of football. But please, Harry Maguire will not win you a Premier League. Neither will Lindelof, I guess, as well. No, none of them will. Yeah. Gonzalo, one of the one of the things we've seen with Solskjaer's style of play is that it's very reflective of his own play as his own style as a player. It's an incredibly quick and agile team. And especially with their midfield, their their much vaunted midfield and their attack. Um, but with Fernandez, he he's been able to deploy and take pressure off the likes of Pogba, Martial and Rashford allow them to play the speed that they want. The forgotten man I find in this entire lineup, and one that I think it's absolutely criminal that he has gone, had the career that he's had so far, because I think he's one of the most gifted players in the Premier League, is Juan Mata. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. First of all, I agree with both of you that Bruno Fernandes was key for the development of this team. But... Mata also, I think, plays in in that position at Rashford really excel, and Greenwood has really a really good job. I think this team now fl- playing in a 4-2-3-1 is doing great. We have also to mention that they just bought a Van Beek from Ajax that brings something like 41 goals from their previous uh, seasons in Ajax. That would help a lot in that midfield. So I don't think they will miss Juan Mata. But totally agree with Dom that they need centre-backs and they need two big centre-backs if they want to, to fight for something. Here's a call I'm going to make right now. I want to hear your, your thoughts on this. I think we may we could see the last of David De Gea in the Premier League this year. I think the re, recently recalled Dean Henderson is about to take the starting goalkeeper position for Manchester United. It's a tough call, isn't it? David De Gea has not had a great season, obviously, but you only have to look back two or three years ago where he was literally carrying the team to like a Europe Europa League position because he had no defence in front of him. He made some howlers, and obviously that's been reflective, um, obviously, in post-match uh, criticisms. But when you're the goalkeeper of Manchester United, that comes. You know, the you know the the spotlight is on you, and there were some some key errors that probably cost them some key points. In the end, it didn't really matter, though, did it? They still came third. His errors did not did not equate to them not coming second or first. Their errors started because they had no one they had no one up front. They still need, I think, you know, United is a they need a Wayne Rooney back there. They need someone who can can score goals. They've got all the players who can sit around them and finish, but they've got no they've got no player who's going to score them 30 goals a season like Liverpool does in Salah, and City did have in Aguero, and Chelsea now have in Timo Werner potentially. They are still missing that a, a little bit. I still have, whilst Mason Greenwood is very good, still have the jury still out him a little bit. Hasn't scored against the top eight side yet. Scored against all the lower teams. Hasn't scored against one of the big guns yet. Um. But in regards to to Dean Henderson, I'd go on loan again for another year. It becomes an expensive problem having a Spain's number one on the bench on what three hundred k a year, three hundred k a week, I should say. Yeah, I'm not too sure. However, they are my dark horses and my number one pick to win the Premier League this year. Whoa! <laughs> there it is, Don Rizzuto going Manchester United to win the Premiership this year. Gonzalo, 
<laughs> not for me, not for me. <laughs> I would put this this team. I would put it fourth. Fourth. They're gonna they're gonna hold steady round about third to fourth place, but still qualifying for the Champions League there. I've gone for third place for them. I don't. I, I just think that they're they're gonna make some progress. It's not gonna quite be enough, but I think they're setting themselves up nicely for the following season. So my my bolt and my bolt call in one of the bolt calls for this year is that Dean Henderson will replace De Gea. Just because I think as and and I'm doing this as a goalkeeper. I think Dean Henderson is more consist is more consistently solid at back than De Gea. I've seen De Gea's best. De Gea's best is better than Henderson's best. De Gea's worst is so far down below um, Henderson that I think that they'll pick in Henderson just on consistency. That is that's my that's my call on there. It's, it's, it's be- a good call in my opinion. So we'll see what happens with that one there. We're going to go next to Newcastle United. They're managed by Steve Bruce. They finished 13th. This is the one I wore egg on my face from last year, Dom, that I did go over some of the records. I wore egg all over my face because I tipped Newcastle to finish 20th and challenge um, Ipswich Town and Fulham for the worst return in a Premier – no, sorry, Derby County for the worst return in a Premier League season, and they ended up finishing 13th. They had some really important wins against some big teams. They picked up a 1-0 win against United, a 1-0 win against Spurs, picked up wins and a draw against Arsenal, which kept them alive. I actually look at Newcastle and go, funnily enough, Aston Villa were in a similar position to this team against those sides and didn't capitalise on it when they had the opportunity. And I think had Villa done that, they might have found themselves in 13th, and Newcastle might have been battling for relegation. Steve Bruce is an unrated manager in the Premier League, another one who's never really been given an opportunity. There's obviously a lot of sort of stuff happening around Newcastle at the moment. Obviously, there's been the big talks of takeovers. Um, they had the Saudi Arabian ready to take over, only for the Premier League to block the, the purchase leaving Mike Ashley still in charge of the club, even though he wanted to get rid of it, Um, which means that now that's probably the second or the third missed purchase for this side, and they're still probably going to do another year with Mike Ashley's ownership under Steve, with Steve Bruce as the manager. They've got some grit in this side. They've got some, you know, some... Some decent talent. Alan St. Maximan had a really good year. Uh, it was a real talent for them. And, you know, and Jamal Sells at the back is really strong. Martin Dubravka had a good season between the sticks. Other than that, though, and obviously they've got the Longstaff brothers who have kind of become the new cult figures of the club. But my gosh, does this team kind of reek of any quality? And I have major concerns over them staying in the Premier League without some big financial backing coming through and bringing in some strong quality because whilst they've got some seasoned professionals in this team, I just don't see where they win matches other than the occasional 1-0 win over, you know, over maybe Fulham. And, and Gonzalo, this is the issue because we remember Newcastle from their last stint in the Premier League, especially when they went through their purple patch under Alan Pardew. And they were the real and one of the real entertainers of the competition back when they had the likes of of Denver Bar, Papa Denver Cisse, 
and um, Ben Arthur in in midfield. They were an entertaining lineup. This has got nothing of it left. And as much as I've got respect for the like of John Joe John Joe Shelby and and Dwight Gale, this is a you know, this is a team that almost resembles Burnley in many aspects. Totally, totally. It was it's what we talked uh, last last week. This is a very traditional English football league, English football team. Uh, the only thing is that they don't play that 4-4-2. They play even more defensively. They play in a 5-4-1 or in a 5-3-2. And they use like the likes of uh, the um, South American Almiron or Maximin even as defense, even as a wing backs and not as attackers. And also a, a tally that shows how Newcastle play is the pressing intensity. Nowadays, you can there is one tally that measures the pressing intensity and Newcastle is the worst of the whole league. In that, in that, in that tally, sitting in a, they sit in a mid block and they wait for the opponent, no matter who they wait for. If they play against West Ham, they will do the same thing. But it works. <laughs> it really works. And you need those teams that wait at the back, and they and they have two, the two wingbacks, Almiron and Maximin, they have scored goals on this on this way in the counter attacks. Predictions on this team here. I've got them. Well, I, I don't have much faith in this team. I think they're going to finish 16th and they're going to be lucky to avoid relegation. I'm starting to forget where I have teams. Have I, have I put a team in, in, in 19th yet? No, but I think I've got what you had them originally. I think you had them 16th. Oh, no, you had them 18th. Who did I have 18th? You originally had, you had them 18th. Newcastle, Newcastle originally, originally yeah. 18th. I've now put Brighton in at 18th. I've put Brighton in at 19th, so Newcastle got to sit in at 18th. And where would that leave Fulham, where you had them at 19th originally? Oh, God, I'm losing count, because where do I put West Ham? <laughs> where do I put West Ham? They're just as bad. I want... Oh. So hard, this, isn't it? It's so we'll hard. Back, I'm, we'll putting in, oh, I'm putting yeah. in Newcastle... Have I done a... No, I've done 16th. Oh, God. Who have I gone in at 17th? With Leeds. Uh, Leeds. Oh, I think you, so might have Leeds, you might have Leeds go to 15th in that case. Yeah, no, I've, I'm changing it all up. I, I Take back what I said about... I've just totally forgot Newcastle were a team. Take back what I said about Leeds. Leeds can finish 13th and put Newcastle put, 17th. Put Leeds higher. Put Leeds higher. Yeah, Leeds yeah, 13th. 13th. <laughs> Newcastle 17th. Oh, this will be fun. Gonzalo. <laughs> I I would put it... I don't have any in, in the 15th. I'm going to look forward to doing a graphic. Yeah, you got 15th. Brighton 15th. 16th? No, nothing yet. 16th for me. They will get the job done and they will be yeah. safe. Well, with that, we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we've got the last six teams to get through. And this is going to be a big session because not only have we got some big predictions, we've got to make sure we get all 20 teams um, scheduled in. This is Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We'll be right back. And 
and welcome back to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. This is Anthony the Bull Caruso back previewing uh, EPL 2020-2021 preview. We're into the second half of the second leg, the championship leg. I'm joined here by the spicy chorizo, Dom Rizzuto, and our special guest, Gonzalo Naya. And we've now got six teams left to, to go. We're going to get into the S's. Gonzalo, we start off with the surprise package. One of the, the other surprise package from last year finished a very credible ninth after their um, promotion. It is Sheffield United. Yeah, I, I love what Chris Wilder did on, on this team. Uh, he took it from the championship and he played the same thing that he was doing in the championship. He played with three at the back and they did a great job. Chris Basham, John Egan and Jake O'Connor. They were in charge of keeping of being the fourth team in considering goals. They were only outplayed by the first three. And they include this. Uh, they did a really good thing attacking. This, the wide centre-backs, you can see them attacking in the, in the final third. That's a really amazing thing that you don't see from any teams. It's a very fit team, Dom. Like, it's not, it's a similar thing with Burnley and Newcastle. They don't play a pretty style, but the difference is, unlike those two teams, they're incredibly fit and they are, they've got this ability to be able to run all over the park. Yeah, they they um, kind of sort of epitomised that Leicester team in 2016, didn't they, last year? They just probably, the only thing between them and that Leicester team that won the Premier League was that they probably just didn't have the quality in key positions like Leicester did, where they had Nicola Conte, Rihad Mahrez and Jamie Vardy, who were the game winners, and then they had the, 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 the hard workers who supported them. Pretty much every single one of the players for Sheffield is a hard worker, and that's what, you know, produces, you know, brilliant results for them uh, from last season. Um, they do lose Dean Henderson, who was massive for them last year, but they, you know, have acquired a goalkeeper of, of exceptional quality too in, uh, in in Ramsdale, and Aaron Ramsdale from Bournemouth. Um, one of the shining lights uh, for the uh, Nacheris in their relegated, se- relegated season last year. They, For me, though, I'd be interested to see if they run into a potentially a second season syndrome across the entire team. I think they kind of were discredited as a team that were going to really produce results last year. And I think a lot of matches, teams went in complacent against them, um, which is interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see if teams treat them with as much as respect as they did uh, so as I stated last year, which was obviously zero. So now that teams know what they're about and how they play, I'll be interested to see how they can up their game to, to see if they can compete again in the top half of the Premier League table. Prediction. Oh, I mean, I've run out of I've run out of spaces. Have, have I got someone in at twelfth? Um. You do. You have Everton. I can tell you where it was when we initially spoke about it. So you had Sheffield United at 10th. I got Burnley in at 10th. Um, no, you don't. You have Burnley at 9th. So who have I got at 10th? No one at the moment. Oh, Sheffield then. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a method to the madness. <laughs> there's a reason why. Oh, actually, no. Apologies. No, you have changed it up. So you have Burnley at, you had Burnley at 10th, Leicester City at 9th. You've got no... You got, 
Everton on 11th, but you got no one at 12th. Yeah, so Sheffield at 12th. Sheffield 12th. Yeah. <laughs> Gonzalo. Yeah, I, I don't think that this year they would do so good. They have to evolve. And I would... Do I have anyone on the 14th? No one at 14th at the moment. Sheffield will be there. And for what it's worth, I've put Sheffield United at 10th. I think they'll go back slightly. I don't think it's enough just yet. So I think they're going to just hold firm. Next team we're going to go to is Southampton, managed last. by Houghton Hoodle. Yeah, yeah, of course you're going to say last, <laughs> mate. Um, and, and by all accounts, last year when they lost 9-0 to Leicester City, Dom, everyone was expecting them to finish last. And they have had what many have said would be one of the greatest turnarounds since Christmas. Not one in terms of they were so far back and managed to avoid relegation. They were on the brink of relegate of the uh, the cutoff for relegation and then ended up finishing 11th. They had the second best turnaround from Christmas after Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich was the only team that had a better 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 form than Southampton after Christmas, and they went on to win a Champions League and a Bundesliga title and a DFK Polka title. So that's pretty impressive from the Saints. Ralph Hasselhutl has done an amazing job to turn this team around. Uh, and credit to the Saints owners. There's not too many Premier League managers that survive after a 9-0 drubbing. Um, usually they get sacked the next day. So I'm quite amazed, um, really, uh, that the, at their... At their at their, so their commitment to the coach and their and the results that have driven been driven from that. Um, how do they go this year? Well, look if the if their form um, you know remains strong this uh, you know goes you know as it did in the back end of last season. There's no question that they could be challenging for a Europa League spot the next year. They still probably, for mind, lack a little bit of creativity, maybe a natural number 10. Sofiane Bufal is, is too hot and cold for mind. If they brought in someone who could really supply Danny Ings every single time, that would just be, I think, a really, really good signing for Southampton. I'm looking to see more from Che Adams next year. really think he's got, you know, got a big future ahead of him, but still a little bit young and probably needs a few more seasons in the Premier League. Um, but if they can keep that defence together and that and that holding midfield partnership of obviously Oriel Romeo and James Ward Prowse and Stuart Armstrong, then I think that this Southampton time Southampton team could definitely be you know battling for a top half finish this year. And Gonzalo, the uh, the real surpri- the the big news that came through in terms of transfer market was the swap deal that they that Southampton did with Tottenham Hotspur, uh, effectively with. Barring a couple of million pounds here or there, seeing Pierre Emil Hoiberg being swapped with Carl Walker Peters, I'm going to be biased obviously here and say that Hoiberg clearly didn't want to be there anymore. So I think it was a swap in Southampton's favour. But if you go player for player, who do you think actually won out in that trade? Yeah, no, yeah, I I agree with you. I think uh, Tottenham get more from from this from this loan. I there should be a reason why Hassan had uh, did this transfer, but once he's thinking on that season, but I don't I don't think they got too much from this from this loan yeah from this. Well, that 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 loan original loan for Kyle Walker Peters now Dom has been made permanent, um, and he mm-hmm. basically swaps slots into that right back position. Yeah, he'll be um 
you know, a, a good acquisition long term for the club. Um, he's a solid Premier League uh, fullback. Um, I'm surprised that Mourinho didn't give him the opportunity, considering the the frailties that he had at the back last year and the injuries that that Tottenham had, that they didn't keep him in, in on the, in the squad. I think um, it's almost a like for like trade. Uh, Pierre Emile Hoiberg. I, I don't get him. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't know what he is. Is he a defensive midfielder? Is he a number ten? I'm, I'm not too sure. I, I assume identity, identity crisis. Uh, yeah, I assume if it's a Mourinho signing, he's a holding midfielder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, an interesting. Interesting signing. Uh, I've gone. I've gone with eighth place, but then again, I probably need to take my Saint-coloured um, ro- um, glasses off. Dom, who have I got in? Oh God, here we go. This will be fun. Where, where have I got available? So, <laughs> when, when we originally when we originally spoke, you you had them twelfth, but Sheffield United have finished twelfth. You do have um, seventh place. The highest, the lowest high position you've got left is seventh place at the moment. Otherwise, you do have 13th and 14th. Of, uh, sorry, you have 14th and 15th available at the moment. Okay, they finished 14th. You finished, they finished 14th. Gonzalo? I really like the coach. I think he's doing good things. He has adapted to the Premier League. And now we'll see that they will improve. Do I have anybody on the ninth? Not at this point, no. Well, I will give it to him. Ninth, ninth for the Southampton. Eighth oh. and yeah. ninth. Yeah. That's massive. That's uh, that's positive. That's positive. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll definitely take that. Let's go. Let's keep going. We've still got um, a couple of teams left. Next up, we've got uh, Tottenham Hotspur, managed by Jose Mourinho, and oh boy, this this, this team. Some would say probably the most the unluckiest from last year, Dom. But I just get the feeling that there's just there's still something missing in terms of depth for this squad. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year, um, whether or not they'll they'll bring in some some quality. The signing of Matt Doherty from Wolves and the money that they spent on him was was a fantastic deal. He'll be a great. How much signing. did they spend? In the I think something like. T- 20 million pounds or something like that. Real cheap, considering how strong he's been uh, for Wolverhampton uh, over the last couple of seasons. Uh, has anyone, uh, if anyone has seen his signing video recently for Spurs, um, go and check it out because it is amazing. Um, he where he goes back and deletes old tweets um, that he had posted about his his much beloved Arsenal. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh no! It's a great signing video, and he goes back and deletes them and stuff. Uh, a really good That's song, cheeky. a really good video. Um, this side is, I think, lacking a bit. It, it's such a change going from Richard Pochettino to Jose Mourinho, a fast-flowing, attacking side to a manager, I should say, to a stout defense defensive manager. And he's just trying to bring in the right players. I think that's why he's brought in guys like Hoiberg to manage a little bit of that pain that he's having because he hasn't got those hard workers in there who are going to do what he wants to do. Um, but he's got some quality, regardless, you know, uh, you know, around the around the park. Harry Kane obviously is a, is a big man um, to have in that side. Deli Ali is still very good. You know, Son Heung Min 
is really he's a perfect fit for a Mourinho team. Um, I think they'll improve this year drastically under Mourinho, but they still, like you said, probably lacking a little bit of quality in certain areas. But I imagine that there may be still one or two signings that uh, the uh, the special one will make before the first uh, whistle is blown. Is this is this potentially the last major club for Jose Mourinho? Many people thought that he was done, Gonzalo, after his second stint at um, at Chelsea and his comeback at Spurs. Um, has he shown that he can keep up with the times, or is this his last hurrah? I think he will keep going, but just because he wants to keep winning. But we haven't seen many th- good things from the last teams he has managed. Uh, he did, did good in the Blues. He was sacked, and now he betrayed them and get to into, into Spurs. I think there is still a lack in this team. I can't see good things. Mourinho, you never know. <laughs> Maybe he can end up winning or winning some games, but I don't think he will have a, any other Premier League winning in the future. And your tip, your tip for them this year, just keeping in mind at this point, you still have fifth place open, and then the next highest position you've got is eleventh. Oof. <laughs> well, I will have to put it eleventh. Eleventh place, Tottenham, yeah. Tottenham to drop back to eleventh. I've yeah. gone with sixth place. But that's conditional, Dom, on their players staying fit this year, unlike last year. If they have their gun side on, they, they'll do okay. But yeah, look, if they don't, they'll struggle. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I'm still going with the with, uh, um, – well, I'm, actually, I'm going, with, again, with six this year for the side. Um, again, uh, I think yep. they'll improve. Um, but, yeah, there's, they're, they're in a transitional phase, but Mourinho is a, is a professional and he's a winner. You know, so they will they will pick up the points where they need to pick up the points. He's a special person. He is he is a special person. Three Premier Leagues. He'll he'll, he'll tell mm-hmm. everyone that as well. Um, West Bromwich Albion, managed by one a manager who no one seems to give enough credit for at times. It's Slavin Bilic. They finished second in the EFL Championship last year. They didn't bottle it this time around. Um, and Dom. They really haven't done anything through this transfer window. Last. That's it. You've, you've Last. Called it. Last. I, I will not pick another Birmingham team to be any other position than last. They shouldn't even be in the Premier League. This stain on the they, league. They, they are. They're, they're, they're persisting with an aging and somewhat slightly bloating Charlie Austin. Oh. I do like Charlie Austin, actually. To be fair, it's a he's he's, he, he's a funny character, and he's and he's a real kind of old school kind of English football player. Very old school, like it, which I do like about that. Yeah, this team is not Premier League quality whatsoever, and they need to find some quality soon. I don't know where it's going to come from. Um, Charlie Austin's obviously got Premier League experience and has done well in previous seasons. Matt Phillips isn't too bad either. Uh, other than that, uh, you got Sam Johnstone, who's a, a really strong keeper, and I think has. Has, has but to bide his time, uh, you know, another Manchester United Youth Academy goalkeeper is it to really bide his time for his Premier League shot. I was really disappointed he actually didn't come back to Villa for a second loan season in the Championship, the year that they got promoted, because um, I think he would have been an excellent acquisition to playing goals long term for the club. Um, but other than that, you look, you know, Jake Livermore makes a return for God's sake. You know, <laughs> like, this is like circa 2013, 2014. Um, that I'm looking at this team, looking at this team right here. So 
Really don't know what to expect uh, from this team. Looking forward to seeing Oliver Burke play in the Premier League, though, the Scottish international. Really strong player. Spent a lot of time overseas in Germany. Had a really good success. So You're giving them a lot of praise for a club. Oh, I still think they'll come last, oh, but yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing certain players. And who, and who doesn't love Hal Robson and Carnu? The, <laughs> the famous Carnu turn of the 2016 World Cup. Oh, oh, Gonzalo. Gonzalo, save us. Or are you, are yeah, you putting... You know, actually, actually uh, I, I saw some good things from this team on the on the championship. Uh, they end up scoring the same amount of goals as Biasa team. And I like the ones of Pereira, Diagnana, and Sawyers in the midfield. I like them. I think they will be safe. You think Just they'll be safe? safe. So yeah. you've used well, you've used up your premier your your, your relegation position. I already, so, yeah. Yeah. So what uh, is left I mean, from there? There, there? Is seven, there is 17th, 15th, and um, 13th available. Oh, sorry, 17. 17th, 13th, and 12th available. 17th. 17th. So they 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 Basically. just sit on the bubble. Yeah. Yep. They just sit on the bubble. I'm relegating them. I'm putting them 19th. Next up, we've got um, next up we've got West Ham United. Dom, the soulless team. This team really has been nothing since they've left Upton Park. If it wasn't for West Brom, they'd be last. <laughs> but I've got gone... 19th for you. No, I've got a 19th. I Fulham's oh, got 19th. 19th. Fulham, yeah. West Ham survive this year in my final position, which is 15th. Um, they've too good to get relegated. Like their team's too good. I, I think we've missed a team as well. I we know West Ham's next. Apologies. The team's too good. Lucas Fabianski, really good player. Um, you know, between the sticks. Aaron Creswell, solid right back when he's on the field. And Jay Yamalenko, Ukrainian international. Felipe Anderson, Brazilian international. Manuel Lozini, really underrated number 10. Robert Snodgrass, absolute weapon of a crosser. Should I continue? Mark Noble, don't like him, but the heart and soul of West Ham. Jack Wilshere, really strong. They spent a lot of money on Sebastian Haller to play up front. Didn't get along. Declan Rice. The next Frank Lampard, potentially, if he goes to to Chelsea like he's touted to, the oh, West Ham's in serious trouble. But he's currently going to be, you know, donning a a, a cloud and blue shirt uh, for for the first game of the season. They've got quality right across the park. There's absolutely zero excuse that this team should get relegated, you know. And David Moyes is a proven Premier League manager, so there's a, there's no reason why this team can't survive. That's why I've got them in at fifteenth. But my God, do they make it difficult on themselves. And yes, you are right. They have become the soulless. Yeah, absolutely. Gonzalo. Yeah, and two, and two names that you didn't mention, Dom, I think in Jared Bowen and Antonio, I think they are the key on this team. Oh, of course, Mikel Antonio as well. How can I forget? Yeah. yeah, they did great and they, they play they play for the team and they, they score in the, in, the, in the important teams, in the important games. I think they will be safe and what they have left. What what position I have left? Well, yeah. as I said, I think I think I mentioned you had 13th available to you now as your lowest position. Yeah. So 13th, 13th yep. there. Guess what, guys? Guess what? One more team. Last one. Last no, one. No, 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 no. There's one more team to go, but guess where I'm placing these guys? Last. Yeah. <laughs> really? I am, I am officially putting West Ham out of their misery. Ooh, that's actually cool. I'm man. putting them last. I, I just see there is no passion in this team. 
they've lost their fortress. They've lost. They they're better away from home. They're honestly better away from home. You you feel like you're lost at the at the Olympic Stadium for them. This is a team that just needs a re, a complete restart. And I think they need to have a year in the championship. I'm putting them stone motherless last. We now go on to the last team, Wolverhampton, and this is. This has been managed, I think, the probably one of the most underrated managers in the competition, Gonzalo, in Nuno Spirito Santo, who has done an excellent job with this lineup to the point where I think they've got genuine ambitions for Europe again. Yeah, yeah. Again, he did. I think he did a great season and playing in the Premier League and in the Europa League. He has a great tactical awareness. He knows what to do. He had key players as Chore. I think he's one of the best wings of of the Premier League. They know what they do. Also, uh, was uh, has one of the lowest pressing intensity. They wait, be, they wait back, and they counter attack. So I, I think Nuno Spirito is really good coach, and he will get much more from this team on next and season. Because it's your last position you've got available for you, you have them in perfect. Perfect. They will fit there. Yep. Dom. Yeah, fifth place for me, for Wolves. Um, there's still probably a couple of players from matching it with the big boys, but they've got a lot of quality, and I expect them to be just as good as last year. So um, that is, that's it. We're going to give our, our lineups now of where we think everyone's going to be finishing. So, Dom, you have gone with Manchester United first, <laughs> Liverpool second. I oh, know, I can't believe I'm saying this. Chelsea third, in fourth place is Manchester City, fifth place is Wolverhampton Wanderers in sixth place. It's probably good we're doing this right now because we need to make sure. Sixth place is Tottenham Hotspur, Um, and that's probably your likely – that's probably going to be your likely finish off for where teams are going to be placing for Europe. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to come back to I'm going to come back to seventh place because I think we're missing a seventh place for you, but I'm going to push a couple of teams asked. So I think you're going to have Arsenal in seventh, Arsenal in seventh place. Eighth place will be Leicester City. In ninth place, you've got Burnley. And in tenth place, Everton. So how's that for your top ten at the moment? Hang on, is that my top ten? Yeah, <laughs> that's not my top ten. Burnley's tenth. Yeah, so you you've got a um you do have a um seventh place missing at the moment. How? So you do. That's not possible. You, you had Leeds United at seventh, and you took them out of there and put them thirteenth. I did not have New Leeds United at seventh. I had so them at seventeenth. Yeah, yeah you put it. Sorry, apologies. Yeah. Crusoe, this is your fault. You have not been <laughs> not been doing this right at all. I'll tell you, my team. I remember it exactly. Manchester United first. Man. Uh, Liverpool second, Chelsea yep. third, Manchester City fourth, Wolves fifth, Tottenham sixth, Leicester oh, sorry, Ars- no seventh. Yeah, who was seventh? <laughs> I don't think um, you had a seventh. That I has don't... to be a seventh. No, you did not have a seventh. <laughs> then who goes there? <laughs> big one team, big one team. Oh, <laughs> Aston Villa. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's why I put Arsenal seventh. The Leeds. Leeds can Arsenal go higher. Seventh. Leicester were ninth. Burnley was tenth. Everton was eleventh. Sheffield was twelfth. 
Leeds was 13th. Crystal Palace was 14th. West Ham 15th. Villa 16th. Newcastle 17th. You've left that. You've left Southampton out at the moment. Okay, so then just put Southampton. We we put in at 15th or 14th. Southampton yeah. 14th, which then pushes Arsenal up a position. Yeah, that's that's what I thought it was going to be. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Leicester City, Burnley, Everton. Yep. Uh, Leeds United. No Sheffield. Sorry, she- yeah Sheffield. Leeds Lee. United. Yeah. And then it's Southampton. Yep. Crystal Palace. Yeah. West Ham. And then finishing finishing off from there is in 16th place Villa. Yep. 17th. We finally yeah we finally got there. Newcastle. 17th Newcastle United. 18th is Crystal no. Crystal Palace. Yeah, Crystal Palace is Fulham. Um, Crystal Palace, Fulham, West Brom, and West Brom. Yeah. There we go. We got there eventually. Oh, we got there. We did get there. <laughs> Gonzalo, you've gone. First place. First place. Chelsea. Second. That, that's a big call. That by the way. That's a big one. Second place. Liverpool. Third. Manchester City. Fourth. Manchester United. In fifth place. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Sixth place. Leeds United. Seventh. Arsenal. In eighth place is Leicester City. Ninth place, Southampton. Uh, and then rounding up the top ten, you've got Everton. In 11th place, it'll be Tottenham. In 12th, just trying to find my bearing there because I have to keep flicking. Um, <laughs> I have to keep flicking backwards and uh, backwards and forwards. Um, to an extent, I've actually lost my place now. Anyway, so. Um, but look. A big call to be made on that. Your top six yeah. is huge. Yeah, I bet my big my big bets are on the Blues in first, the Saints who are gonna have a huge season with Ralph Hasenblad that is compared with Klopp, so I have a huge bet on him, and on Marcelo Bielsa that it will end up sixth. Yeah. This is how hard it is to do a prediction, ladies and gentlemen. It is absolutely manic here. Uh, I've gone for Liverpool to go back-to-back. Uh, I don't see a lot of movement happening, but I am putting the absolute mocker on West Ham United, which means I'll probably finish 10th. Who knows? Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that is full-time on the predictions. These predictions, of course, will be going up on Facebook, so be able to check them out there. My thanks to my fellow panellists, Dom Rizzuto and Gonzalo Nayo. Thank you for joining us uh, for this. an absolute pleasure, and we'll come back in about nine months' time to see how badly we went. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Oh, we're gonna, we're, gonna be, we're gonna be roasting each other this time next uh, in nine months' time, aren't we? I wait. I wait for your call when I, when you start seeing my my teams <laughs> going up. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is full time here on behalf of Dom Rizzuto and Gonzalo Naya. This is Anthony the Bull Caruso. Thank you for joining us here on Splinters of the Bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. As always, run hard or run home. Good night. <laughs>